what I what I love about this podcast is frequently you'll say a lot and you'll have really interesting things to say and then I'll hear the cut and you've removed <laughs> all of you. Yeah, I do. And then it just sounds like I'm talking to myself. Well, uh, I normally cut like... Well, like I cut out anything that just feels like I don't know that no one else cares except me. So, has it occurred to you that like we care, Chris? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the I, we will find out. But uh, <laughs> and the meat to me is the interesting story from Gwen Frey. And right now, you you are deep in uh, trailer land, as far as I'm aware. Uh, yeah. Um. So, I mean, we're. Oh, this is such a big topic. We we are at the moment um, in my studio. Uh, we are simultaneously putting together a game and putting together a pitch for the game. And, and like, um, this is a very common thing in game development. You are often working on a game at the same time as working on uh, whatever your your E3 trailer, your uh, Gamescom trailer, your walkthrough, uh, your your. Uh, demo your first playable that sort of thing you're often making a demo or a trailer at the same time as you make a game yeah um which is and developers will always gripe about this especially at big studios because you we're not focusing on the game we're focusing on making a demo and there's a lot of reasons why developers gripe about this um but there's a it's there's a lot of positives and a lot of negatives um and so there's a lot of griping this time of year because most people I know are are still heavily in crunch for their E3 assets, whatever those are. Mm. E3 is in two weeks. It so is a lot less of than two are, weeks. Are, yeah, yeah. It is uh, so close as hell. Like we are. People in, are down to the wire. Yeah, on my side of things, we're like kind of locked with all the developers we're gonna have. Uh, we've got a stage at the, in Developer Digital's lot. I don't know if I've mentioned that on the show yet. But it, oh yeah, I, we've talked about that actually. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, so that that is all kind of locked in now, and we're now just getting to the point where it's sort of little bits that need sorting, and then going there. But the the vast majority of the um uh there's a lot of people that are not going to E3. It's I there's a lot of people that are crunching right now. Yes, uh, that will see their work through the internet. And through the eyes of, of other people very soon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of people crunching on trailers and crunching on walkthroughs and that sort of thing. And these are the people behind the scenes that you won't ever see at E3 and you won't see on camera. Um, but they will be on the forums and on Reddit reading what people respond to and, and biting their nails and stuff. Oh, my God. Um, I'm now suddenly and really excited for E3. Fucking love E3. You are. Uh, oh, man. Uh, it's I, such a good... I love video games, Gwen. <laughs> it's like... It's my... Oh, it's Christmas. It's Christmas for video games, people. I know you're meant to be jaded and everything mm. when you've been in the press for long enough, especially if you've done E3 or you've cut... Like, I've, this will be the fourth E3 that I've done anything in a professional capacity with. It, with the second E3 I've actually been in LA for. But, oh, man, yeah. I still fucking love it. It's still the best. Well, this is... I've, I've derailed a little bit, which I apologize for. This is what, No, it's fine. This is what we wanted to talk about, which was trailers, presentations, all that stuff at E3. Because this stuff is super important. Like you say, it's the sole focus of entire sections of studios. If not for smaller studios, the entire studio is focusing on... We got our trailer for E3. We got our demo. Or the walkthrough. Yeah, or, the demo, or whatever. Yeah. Like, we've got our thing for E3. This is the big deal. We need to do this. So, 
yeah, I want to sort of know more about that process from your side. Well, I'm curious. I don't think things are very faked for when you do it, right? Because you get uh, you get a developer on stage and you give them a controller and they just play yeah. through the game. Yeah, right? well, the, uh, they sometimes we will get footage, but footage is always gameplay footage, so mm-hmm. it's generally real. But we always say. You can bring footage if you want, but ideally we want you to sit there and play the game. And it's always smaller developers of us as well. We're generally more of an indie-focused thing. I mean, this stage with Devolver, it's Devolver. Those people are usually later in the cycle. They're not, like, demoing... This is close to They're not showing a game that isn't out yet. Or that if they are, it's, it's coming out soon. Whereas at E3, you're showing a game that's got, like... uh, It's possibly a couple years out, and teams with, like over 100 people so you're you're demoing something that is not even close to done oh yeah sometimes is not even started yet well, it's like uh in some degree kingdom hearts free if it's, is it free is that's the one where it was like they released that trailer like a few years back at a sony press conference and then mm. even one of the director of the game or someone from square was sort of like yeah what we probably shouldn't even have shown that trailer yet we're nowhere near this being a thing like (laughs) like, it's gonna be years away before you even see anything else of this and it has been but they've just sort of gone dark on it because but that gets the the excitement so let's talk about the pros and cons of trailers if we're gonna start with trailers yes i think uh doing doing a there is a risk to doing a trailer too early obviously yeah like there's the risk is that the game is so early in development, things are going to change wildly, and your trailer could end up not representing the game. Yeah, that the other side of that, though, is depending on the response to the trailer, you could wind up changing the game and focusing on different elements or different aspects depending on what people respond to. Mm. So in a way, there's like it's a it's a risk, but it's kind of a good risk sometimes. I mean, just show something, so, show something, and and if people respond like, "Oh, we love the vibe. Oh, we love the story. Oh, we love this idea," or if people really latch on to something that you didn't expect, you can kind of change the game and tailor the game, especially if you're early enough on in development, to sort of like capture what it is that the audience is really excited about. I mean, for um, me, a big example of that was a few years back now, the first trailer for the for Doom the last year's doom Mm -hmm. and that trailer was not representative of the game but in a good way in terms of how it changed because that original trailer has a slower more luxurious pace and the music is all electronic and slightly less frantic but when you actually got the game the music had gone much more guitar and electronic based and also it was all about speed and like pace so when you, because I remember watching that original trailer and being like, "Oh hell yeah!" And then after about thirty seconds, being like, "Oh, is it just going to be like this over and over again?" Oh, this is kind of boring. Oh, I can see how this could actually be kind of boring within about thirty seconds. And I was like, "Ah, oh, oh well." But then playing the game, it was like, "Oh, this is way more exciting than that trailer made it out to be." And like I watched things see, from that later on, they've been like, "Yeah, that w- we've realized that was wrong." That's positive. Yeah, yeah. That's that's not always the case though. Sometimes you oh, go in the opposite direction. Most of the time, it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's but that that is the goal. That is the good thing that they they probably put out that trailer, got that feedback that people were like, "Well, this is kind of slow." Read the press. Read what? Because oh my god, do developers read Reddit? Oh, do we read yeah. what everybody is saying on fucking NeoGaf? Like, do we read these forums? We're on them, lurking, uh, and and you you see what people respond to, um, 
And even if, like, there's no top-down initiative to change things based on what people say on the internet, the developers, like, a game is made by people and people are reading the internet and Mm. know what the fans want, hopefully, uh, and will tailor the game slightly to to try to excite the fans. I mean, it's it's always the goal, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, so trailers are definitely... Releasing a trailer early is definitely, like, a high-risk thing that is still very good. I think showing... I personally think showing off uh, and getting feedback as often as possible is always a good thing, even if... Um, even if I know it, it tends to be risky because you could show off something and then not deliver, uh, that is the big risk, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it's how early you're showing a trailer. Like, I mean, I mean, we spoke... The earliest trailers are usually not gameplay. They're usually, like, vibe and feel. Nor- you know what normally, I mean? normally. I mean, that can always backfire as well because sometimes... I mean, we talked about, I think it's Dead Island had that trailer that was the super really sad kind of trailer with the girl, little girl turning into a zombie and attacking her parents and then being thrown out of a window all backwards uh-huh. with a really sad bit of, bit of music. And it set a tone of like, man, this is bleak and you're going to play through this bleak world. And then the game actually came out and it was like, hit zombies with stuff. The game's kind of broken, but it's still fun. Like it was that kind of a game. And I think a lot of people yeah. had the sort of, I think if they'd advertised it in a way of like, it's broken, but it's fun sort of thing that people like on the internet now, that kind of thing, then you would have had no reaction at all. It would have probably just been like, yeah, okay. But it came out and a lot of people were like, wait, what What was that trailer all about? <laughs> like that, this is uh, not reflected in the game at all. Like at any point. I'm curious what the time delta was between when they released that trailer and when they released the game. Because maybe like, I, I feel if, if a couple years pass, you have enough time to redo your marketing in a way. Well, this like is... people, the press forget about you within like six months of silence. Oh, this is true. So you get a chance, you have to make like another trailer, a launch trailer or that, something anyway. Interesting fact, that trailer was made by an external company that make trailers. Oh, of course. So Yes. That... Oh, God. So does every fucking tra- Oh, but this was the first time I... was made by... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I mean, that's so normal. Blur makes most trailers. Uh, Blur is the... Uh, is a famous company in America that makes trailers for video games. You give them uh, usually some high-res assets, uh, a cup like, you'll kind of give them an outline, you'll touch base with them a couple times and, and tell them, give them direction on their cuts and on what they're doing. Um, they will up your assets, uh, depending, Blur has a couple different teams internally. Like, we joke about getting their A team or their B team or their C team, depending on how much you're willing to pay them. Mm. <laughs> which will determine how good your your trailer is. I mean, this is standard. No AAA Far Cry 5 used blur for instance. Yeah. The uh most game companies do. Um trailers being made in-house, you can always that's more of an indie thing. Yeah. Uh like we're making our trailer in-house. And you have to keep in mind making a trailer pulls your in, your team off of the game in a huge way. Yeah. Uh, when you're that small, I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah, for for AAA, for a AAA company where the stakes are E3, um, and you're early enough in development that you you can't show like a gameplay trailer or a launch trailer, of course you're going to use an external company. Yeah, that is so normal. Oh, I just that I remember that being the first time that that was the story 
after that trailer came out and then the game came out and it was like, oh, there's nothing like that trailer. Then the story of, oh, they didn't even make that trailer. It was this company that made that trailer. And hey, look, they make all these trailers. And it was like, oh. So that I remember that being the first time I was sort of aware of that as a thing. Like, I'm, it wasn't like an expose or anything. <laughs> like, they've been rumbled. Yeah. But it was just like the first time that it was like, oh, did you know that that, to quote, did you know gaming? Did you know? This is a thing they do. And it's like, oh, I didn't, but now I do. You know, I was thinking, like, with E3, one thing I will say to trailers and E3 is that will be, like, the only time of year where I'm going to see games, like, if you get in, like, the Microsoft or Sony press conference, I will see a bunch of games that, like, I just wouldn't have seen otherwise at all. Because I'm sat here watching this entire press conference and... Like, if I see, like, a trailer for some random game pop up on GameSpot, and I don't know what it is, and I've never heard of it, and the thumbnail looks kind of generic, and I've heard no buzz about it or anything like that, I'll just be like, hmm, cool, won't watch it. Like, because I'm like, I have no reason to click on this thing and find out about it. Whereas at E3, you're sitting there, you're watching this whole thing, a man says, and here's a thing, da-da-da, and you watch it, and it's like, oh, cool. I never would have known anything about that, ever. That's got Has that got, ha, got, like, a big effect? Like, I don't know if The Flame in the Flood got any free trailer or anything like that. Like, Yeah. I was going to say, because you uh, were with Microsoft, right? So I'd imagine they would be pushing you in their indie uh, stuff. I mean, if you're lucky, you have to keep in mind, ID at Xbox launches, like, a ton of titles that you can't see they can't show you 500 trailers <laughs> uh but they can they can we were included in a blurb about like the the indie titles that at um for the xbox during e3 yeah that was pretty sweet it's, actually it's, it was really cool from a press perspective like from covering e3 being in that list of like from microsoft's presentation is a big deal because i'm gonna look at every single thing that they've got in their presentation and i'm gonna have to do something about all of them so it's like Mm. so if i see the flame in the flood i don't know anything about it at all never heard of it i will put effort in to find out about that because we will be covering it and we will be interviewing people and we'll be doing all that stuff because it's in that microsoft press conference as opposed to just launching yeah. a trailer like i said trailers come out all the time now and it's just like I'm not saying it's a bad thing or anything like that that some things get buried but being in that e3 group is definitely in terms of press and relevance from that side of things it feels like a stamp of approval and like a really good curated oh, thing of like you've got to pay attention to this because at least for this week this is a big thing that you're going to be looking at Yes, um, you're, there's a lot of symbiotic relationships in the industry. And um, one of the best relationships we've had with the Flame and the Flood was Microsoft. Yeah. Absolutely. We, being a part of that press conference was huge for us and got us a great deal of press. And a part of it is um, we made a game that uh, doesn't look like a lot of other games oh, God, that yeah. come out. That's, th- those are the trailers the that stand one. out. Like Exactly. And so we made their, by including a couple clips of our game, it made their catalog look good. Mm -hmm. And by including a couple clips of our game, we got a shit ton of press. And so it was this amazing symbiotic relationship. I I think a huge part of being indie is seeking out, uh, trying to partner with somebody who's much bigger than you, like a giant, like Microsoft, Epic, 
um, do something that makes Epic's engine look good, that takes advantage of their feature, so that th- of a feature that they're proud of, mm. um, and, and use that to make your game, like use that in a way that that also benefits you. Like, uh, and they will they will give you press. Same thing. Uh, working with Microsoft specifically was a huge advantage for us. They were great to us. We got a great deal of press because we were a part of their their um, their catalog, and I I would love to work with them again. I would actively try to put features in our game that they are pushing. Any exclusivity deals, um, if you agree to be exclusive on a platform uh, with with either Microsoft or Sony, they'll usually uh, take advantage of that in that they will promote you and say, haha, this is coming to our platform, not others, mm-hmm. um, which can be good. You don't get that same uh, kind of exposure from from Steam because Valve is not at E3 and these sorts no, of and things. they're also not pushing anything. It's just, no, it's, yeah. it's like being in Target almost. Like, you're <laughs> yeah. just there. <laughs> like, it's, Target it's aren't pushing a... Crest over any other toothpaste. They're just like, <laughs> there's the toothpaste, go to town. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's just a storefront. Whereas with Microsoft or Sony, you can actually have like a relationship with them, yeah. which is cool. Um, yeah, it was great being part of uh, part of their I've presentation. Got to imagine so. Like also, you were saying one thing that I think is very important. Again, from a consumer at the sort of consumer I am, anyway, as someone whose like entire life is video games, <laughs> but like also <laughs> as someone on the press side of things, uh, when I was. When you're sitting there watching all these trailers, it will be like dubstep, humor, <laughs> like humor that's not funny in that video game way, like that kind of crap, like over and over and over and over and over again, like those kind of trailers. And you're like, yep, 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 got it, yep. And then like, here come the indie trailers. Oh, it's 2D Metroidvania. And I'm like, oh, cool. Yep, yep, I got it. <laughs> but then like a trailer like your, something like your game will come on and like i remember this last year's e3 press conference with that game with the people with masks on that was set in the uk and like that was set oh in the god UK. what's it called it came out on their game preview program it's got that bit in the trailer where it's a happy a weird looking family with these sort of oh you're talking about we happy few we happy few potentially yeah with the grotesque smiles and they, that they take pills for to make them yep yes we, we happy few. That was such a tone change in the whole press conference. Like I, I watched it. At the end of it, I was like, I'm not fucking playing that because it was terrifying. But also, <laughs> I was really appreciative of it and paying so much more attention because it was so different. Like It was just like you'd had Forza and Gears of War and all this stuff. And then fucking this family's actually eating a rat. <laughs> it's like, what? So that, like not yeah. necessarily that jarring, but like a trailer that is like... Oh, this is different. Even just the music and the color palette and things like that can be different enough oh, yeah. that you you instantly are more interested in it and are paying more attention because it's not like so, electronic Forza, music dance 2D Metroidvania time. Yeah, Forza can't take the risk that we happy few can, right? <laughs> but like <no>. Forza, <laughs> Forza, a lot Forza, of right? yeah. A lot of these bigger I games, they, the Horizon, they take the and they make these trailers and they make these demos and things and they show them off to mark. Uh, the marketing people will, will obviously show them off to, to panels of random consumers mm. um, and get feedback. But they show them off to these random consumers in isolation, right? Like uh, you, you pick 20 people off the street, you show them 
do you like this concept art or this concept art? Mm. Uh, you A-B test different trailers and, and different cuts of your trailer and that sort of thing. Um, and they'll universally, people like dubstep, you yeah. know, people like certain, certain things will get your, your core audience really excited. <laughs> yeah. But what happens is every marketing team does this and comes to the same conclusion. And then you get, <laughs> you get an E3 where every marketing team has come to the same conclusion and nothing is standing out because every, apparently yeah. this is what consumers want well except but for the big consumers titles, aren't seeing like if it's five of them in a row yeah if you haven't heard of something and it's got a similar trailer to some of the other stuff it does it will kind of just blur in like once you get to the end of it you'll be like oh yeah there was that that thing what was it the thing and it had the shooting and the man probably said balls or something i don't know like it, it was hilarious but uh that something that stands out, I think, has got to be super important if you're in that environment. Oh hell yeah, oil baby thing. Oil baby. You at the end of last E3, there was like the the weird fucking trailer with the oil baby. Are you talking about the the Kojima game? I think I am. Yeah. The 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 oh fuck the uh, yeah the Hideo Kojima game with. With uh, Guillermo del Toro in the trailer and uh, yeah, that came at the Death end Stranding? of last E3, and that was not market tested. Fuck Everyone's no. just like, "What the shit just happened?" Yeah, that was that was like. <laughs> I said, I think that second one felt like baby, more of a game. Just, my baby. Twitter just feed was just filled with like oil baby, and I spent a whole day like <laughs> oil baby. The fuck is everyone talking is everyone about? Talking and then I saw the trailer, and I was like, oil baby. It's like that's what that game is now. It's like. You can maybe see why Kojima and Konami were at odds. He was like, I want Oil Baby in Metal Gear Solid 5. And they're like, look, Oil Baby ain't going to play in Metal Gear Solid 5, Kojima. <laughs> People don't oh, want Oil God. Baby. He's like, they fucking do. Guess who's right? Well, we'll find we'll out. Find Time out. will tell. <laughs> Time will tell. I guess that's true. You never know. A lot of things are highly rated and don't not necessarily financially successful. Yeah, so we'll that, see how that goes. Those trailers are those are the ones though. Those are the ones that you remember and the ones that stand out. And I think like if you're making a trailer, how how because that's gotta be so difficult. Like if you're willing to do that, we're taking a risk and betting on because with the flame in the flood, that tone. Mm. As I said, I think the first time I ever played it. Uh. Or watched you playing it was uh, was so much of what sold it to me. So yeah, you have to just have that faith in what you have, I suppose. But it must also feel like a big risk that like there's going to be all this whole vibe, and then this trailer's going to come in the middle that's going to grab attention just because it's different. But is it good or bad in the middle? I don't know. I don't know what the yeah thought process. I mean, is it there. depends. Depends on what kind of game you're making too, right? Like some games story-based games or games that have that have uh you're shooting to have a very specific atmosphere um having a trailer that pitches that atmosphere which is what our our first trailer was it was a pitch mm. literally like we, we we made that trailer for kickstarter um most of a lot of the mechanics in the game were not just buggy just like barely existent at that moment mm. when we had that trailer but i mean that that was the point it's we kickstarted and we said hey this is the game we want to make Here's roughly how it'll feel. Yeah. What do you? Th- it's going to be atmospheric. What do you think? And people kickstarted it, and so we were pretty happy about that. Mm. 
Yeah, it's got what I am excited for is whenever the trailer for whatever it is you guys are working on comes out. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, man. I'm on a different world right now. I'm working on a trailer. I shouldn't talk about it. No, no, I don't uh, expect you to. I'm just saying. I, I am excited to see that. I Jesus, I'm excited too, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lot to do. But I'm. it's fun. It is fun. And it is definitely instructive mm-hmm. to the game. And, and we've definitely already changed like major systems based on the trailer. So just making the trailer made us rethink things. So that's, that's always good. great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, I'm in a very happy place. And I'm glad you're getting ready for E3. And I think everyone out there is getting ready for E3 and getting hyped. Mm. The excitement and is th- real. It is real. The excitement I'm and the, the <laughs> tempered with the amount of work that's going to happen. Yeah. The exci- the, the exhaustion oh, and the excitement together is very real. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of work, Gwen. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> We got a lot to do, but uh, yeah, I think everybody listening feels that yeah, probably. Yeah, probably more so than me. Like I can finish this and then go and play Battlefield for a bit if I want, whereas my <laughs> most people aren't going to be doing that. So yeah, I don't know. Anyway, thanks for joining me, Gwen. Thanks for joining me too, Chris. Like it's been really fun. Mm. People should probably like us or review us or whatever it is you can do on whatever platform you happen to be listening to us on. Do all of that, please. Yeah, it actually does mean a lot to us. And like we also read what people think about this and read our the comments in SoundCloud. Uh, so, so thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful day. This has been Gwen Frey and Chris Slight, and you've been in the Dialogue Box.